let me tell you this. Green Bay is a great town for football. No one is perfect. Uh, nobody can be perfect. But by striving for absolute perfection, you raise yourself notches above what you may have been content to be. Who's our head ref today? Tony Correcti. This is his rookie year. Oh, we're going to give him some s***. Everybody, this is Danny Vitale, the fullback for the Green Bay Packers, and you're listening to the Four Man's Packer Podcast. Go Pack Go! These guys care about one another. Uh, that's why it hurts so bad, is um, because we've accomplished a lot of great things this season, and ultimately, at the end of the year, only one team's going to be happy. It definitely hurts, I'd say, a little more than early in the career, just because you realize just how difficult it is to get to this spot. Nobody quits on this team. You know, everybody thought we still had a chance, no matter how, how terrible we were playing at that point. Yeah, it sucks to lose when you're one away, but... We lost to a really good football team tonight, and that's the way it goes sometimes. It's probably the greatest group of guys I've ever been a part of, so it's uh, definitely tough to say goodbye because obviously it's not going to be the same next year. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Poor Man's Packers Podcast, the number one Packers podcast in the state of our minds. I am Spencer Sismanowitz, joined as always with Kyle Turkowski. Kyle? Uh, yep. I'm, I am really glad you came in with a somber approach. <laughs> yeah. I was going to yell at you if you came in with your typical <laughs> super joyous. Yeah. Even, even stumbled on your name and figured... Shit, might as well just roll with <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> because doesn't matter. Nothing matters. It's Life is pointless. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I actually do have to curse you out for one thing, and that's your your son of a bitch immune system. Yeah, l- making this be delayed and making me ferment and digest in this loss even more, and knowing I had to come and talk about this <laughs> dumpster fire for an hour a week later than I would have wanted to, but... Very fun. Fun to have that in the back of your mind <laughs> yeah. to talk about this Niners game. Yeah, I was uh, left work on Tuesday, was out on Wednesday with strep throat, a very adult thing to have. <laughs> uh, super fun, but a couple days recovering from that. So we're now recording on Sunday. This will, you'll be listening on Monday, which is the latest we've had a release, at least post post game, but... It might work out because this way we're able to cover, one, the game, and two, kind of everything that's happened afterwards, which, I don't know, it's, you could almost break it up into two episodes, but this way we can do it all at once, but yeah, what a lackluster performance, what a no fun, not good game at all, I think we can just jump right into it. God, what kind of asshole (laughs) am I? I was pounding the table on the preview that... It's not going to be a replica of <laughs> I know, Week I know. Twelve. That's what's and it was <laughs> almost shot for a shot for shot remake. It, it sucked because it was like it was everything, and not not only Week Twelve, but at least in my eyes, to the the 
2016 NFC Championship game where it was these moments, these turning point moments where, you know, we talked about it before earlier in the year. The Aaron Ripkowski fumble against the Falcons, we had the muff snap in this game. It's just these weird, stupid plays that don't happen that completely change the momentum when you're trying to get back into the game. It doesn't happen. You're like, oh, shit, well, I guess I shouldn't have been that optimistic yeah. in the first place. Yeah, it, yeah, <laughs> it really it puts you in a place of just, like, confusion and a little bit of shame, a little bit of shame cuz yeah i personally had so much optimism where and then you look back at the wreckage and it's just like my god it's it's one of those games too cuz i mean before and we were saying it beforehand like hey that was that was a different game that was a you know that was a few weeks ago we're completely different now and it kind of built up that same type of way where we just couldn't overcome the mistakes and this was even more devastating where I think on offense in the previous game, it was kind of like a shot, like, you know, a huge play, huge play. And this, it was just... It was, yes, death by a thousand cuts. Yes, with, through the run game. Terrible, terrible. Score was 20 to 37. The 49ers won, in case you but have that, forgotten. That's, that score does not... No. It's not reflective of... It's it's one of those... It's kind of nice that we got that many points because you look at that and you're like, oh, they lost kind of, you know, by a few scores, right. but they were in it. But yeah, not it really. Was, it was never that. Yeah, it was. It was never that. Uh, hey, I did for the predictions. I predicted twenty to twenty-three. We would lose. I at least picked the correct number. Wow, of congrats, we would have. dude! <laughs> 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 I'm so happy for you, man. Very, very optimistic. Such a, such a great day. Yeah. So we lost twenty to thirty-seven. We'll start with the offense. We're gonna breeze through the game because it has been long enough. So this should be. We're gonna go back to back offense defense here. Aaron Rodgers, up and down game, two picks, fumbled three times, only lost one of them. 31 for 39, 326 yards. And like we said with the turnovers, he had two touchdowns as well. But And like everyone predicted, the San Francisco's front four were the game changers. They wreaked all the havoc, yeah, caused all those fumbles, and uh, yeah, they just dominated our O-line. Yeah, they, they had a pretty good game. It was weird because the offense was a lot more in sync than they were previously in the year. You know, even if – I mean, we were getting it going the first couple drives. It was just those third downs against the Niners. We just – we can't do it. I, I forgot what the actual stat was, but at one point I think we were 0 for 14 on third down against the Niners on the season. You know, combining the first two games after Jamal Williams. We'll get right into that. That for The first series when we get the ball – and the Niners had already been stopped. It's third and three, and we have that sh- that play to Jamal Williams in the flat there. Yep. When that stopped, I was like, "Shit, that was that was our chance. Yep. If we get a touchdown there, and we're in the driver's yep. seat, completely different and game." Like, I, ho- I, even I would said, hope. Even yeah, even if we would have got three there, it would have. I think the whole landscape of that game was different. And really, I think this game for me came like it's despite like I, we said the. 17 point deficit somehow being an understatement yep. of the dominance of that game. I still think if these three plays went differently, the whole game is differently and that's first that fourth and one where we decide to punt. I think that was yeah, that, I think if we just go if we just go and I mean we don't get it then <laughs> we see what what's going to happen. But the punt yep. netted us nothing. They marched right down that was right down yeah. our throat. Second was the uh, the muff snap, yep. Where they were, it was seventeen zero. They're driving in. They're on like the twenty five yard line. They score there. It's a ten point game, whole new ball game. And the third, the interception right before half that made it from twenty to possible twenty to seven. 
getting the ball back and having it 2014 before the Niners touch the ball again to 27-0 going into the half. It, it sucks where like the last five minutes you're looking at the scoreboard and we're getting the ball and you're like, okay, we can we can score here, stop them. We get the ball back at halftime and you're like, you, you're starting to put it together in your head and then the muff snap happens. You're like, oh shit, okay. Yeah, exactly. Like it was happen. like the there was nothing to cheer about really leading up to that point in the yep. game. And then when that drive was being put together, it was just like the juices were starting to flow. Like, and that, okay, that's what I'm saying because okay. the, drive, the drives were working halfway decent, but they always ended with a bad third down or a fumble or a pick. Yep. It was just or a sack, and yeah, it was. Uh, I I just think those, like uh, I know what's his name, Andy Herman likes to use the term shatter point, which mm. is kind of a, I don't know how I feel about that term, but it's a good it's a good like. Like a game changing, like if this play goes different, the whole game is different. I think those three plays are the are the biggest ones. Yeah, maybe, but at, for me at least, at the same time, they were they were going to keep running the ball, and we just could not stop the run. So it's I think it would have been a game for sure at that point. But mm-hmm. I still think I mean the Niners are far and away a better team than the Green Bay Packers that this year. Yeah. I mean that's yep. But like I was saying with that. with Rodgers too, it was it was a weird game because he had the ter- you know the. The pick that was drawn to Geronimo, which I don't know if it was his fault or Rogers' fault. Either way, Rogers. I said think it was, it was a just bad. a frustration pick. Yeah, well, he, Ro- Rogers said it was just like, a bad ball too. He just like got caught up in the moment and was frustrated and flustered and just ticked it's, off and just like w- like I don't know, just wanted to like a fuck you throw almost. Yeah, it's it's weird because he had those plays back to back. The previous play before that, it was Jamal Williams wide open in the flat and he just missed him by like five yards. Next play was that pick to Geronimo. And it's like you're watching those plays. It's like, man, Rodgers is just not—he's not playing well. But then we get to the second half, and we're just rewatching the highlights here too. It's like he threw the ball. It's like what we talked about earlier in the year. Flicking that the thing conviction in the again, half. and the speed of the ball. Like that, that deep bomb to Devonte was the best looking ball. I think he one of the best looking <sighs> balls he's had all year, at least for airtime. I don't think he's had a deep bomb play to Devonte like that all that year. That dropped into a basket like that. Perfect on the run, and it, it absolutely broke Richard Sherman too. Yes, it gives you that optimism you know go heading into next year but that and like the sacks he was taking the fumbles it was just it the was thing that sucks about the, there well, there was a, a a pretty stark difference between this game and week 12 and that was actually after the first quarter it felt it still felt like a game it was right. only 7-0 and nothing nothing yeah. really crazy happened but then the second quarter was just disastrous they scored 20 points and completely take us out of the game and I just, if that quarter goes differently, the whole game goes differently. That's a good point, because that first game, it was the first two minutes of the first half and the last two minutes of the first half. In this game, it was like the last five minutes of the first half. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was the stuff at the beginning, too, but there wasn't any huge, huge mistakes, right? especially in that first quarter. But yeah, moving on. Aaron Jones, he had a okay game. 12 rushes for 56 yards, one touchdown. It, it sucked. The biggest thing that Got sucked going about... going way too late. That, well, that's that's what it was, because we had a good mix back and forth. It's just we couldn't convert those third downs, and after you have to punt so many times and you're down a couple of scores, you can't get back in the run game, because Aaron Jones looked pretty good running the ball early, and that's what I wish we would have ran I mean, it on that very, I'm I'm pretty sure it was the very first play from scrimmage. It was a sweep, and they gained yep. nine yards. Yep. And then they ran like two more sweeps over the next drive or two, and they all gained at least six yards. I don't know why they didn't just keep – I mean – Take a take a page out of Shanahan's book and just do it until it stops yeah, working. I don't. It it, it was tough because y- you watch it too, and it, it things 
things were moving. We were getting consistent yards. We were getting, you know, four yards of play, but it was just those third downs. We couldn't get it, and it was the whole, you know, the penalties bringing us back. But uh, Devontae Adams had a solid game, too. Nine catches for 138 yards. He's just a baller in the playoffs. I believe he's second all-time in receiving yards for the Green Bay Packers now in the playoffs. Another example of me not knowing shit. <laughs> he, I said he was going to have a – I had tempered oh. expectations, but, I mean, he is – one of the five best wide receivers in the NFL, and he went out and proved that, and he continues to prove that again and again. Yeah, I was wondering what how that was going to play out because Sherman doesn't shadow guys; he just kind of stays on one side of the field. Right. But he's still, like we said, that big, he, I the think big they, play. Yeah, I him. saw. I think he shadowed him for like the first half, maybe, mm-hmm. but then went back since the game was pretty much out of question, right. to where they didn't really need to yep. or it wasn't necessary. Uh, Alan Lazard, solid game. I that's that's what Alan Lazard is. Yeah. Three, three catches, thirty six. He also had fun little moment was that double reverse back to Rogers that you know didn't fool anyone. Oh yeah, but <laughs> I think they still picked up a first down, right? Uh, I it was think like it a was check like a, down. Yeah, it was. Uh, that's the thing. You look deep, and then like a check down on a double reverse. It's like okay, well this is. Hey, we'll this take. Isn't the plan. But it's it's a get. good it's a good thing to look at. Alan Lazard going forward. We kind of talked about it earlier in the year. Well, let's just run through this. Kumaro had the one catch for 23 yards. Geronimo had a couple catches as well. Nothing too big. Uh, MVS, who was our number two receiver to start the year, had one snap on offense the entire game. Holy smokes. One snap. Yep. And it goes back to, we Holy we smokes. said it, I, th- I think I said it like week six or something. It's where we have a group of receivers. We have Devontae and a bunch of guys. And even though we, you know, we're rooting for these guys, we like them, you know, a bunch of great stories. I don't think a lot of these guys are going to be on the squad next year. Yeah. Jake Kumro, it'll, it'll be tough. I think Lazard will be back tough. for sure. Lazard, we'll, we'll get into that I later. I think he'll be like yep. the third. Hopefully he's like the third or fourth next year. That That's what I'm getting at is I think he's a pretty perfect third or fourth receiver where he's very reliable. He gets open. He's a big body. He can block. He can do a little bit of everything. And if MBS can be, you know, that fifth, sixth receiver i think that would yeah it'll it'll be interesting to see what he does in training camp and how many receivers we add in the offseason because he could he'll be right on the edge of getting sniffed next year too yeah. uh jimmy Damn. graham four for 56 he had that long catch for 42 yards that looked like it was going to be a touchdown it's very odd because he actually had a really really good two playoff games yeah where i wonder if goody's truly go- i really hope it's not gonna swift or no change i mean goody's that's mind. yeah i was gonna say like that's probably the last time we will see jimmy in I hope so. a packers uniform maybe in, even in an nfl uniform yeah that that twitter post is so weird and he's throwing up the peace sign in it you, you saw oh it yeah right? I, I don't remember exactly it, the wording but yeah it was a little cryptic say retirement but he's like it's been a fun 10 years and it's like Okay, well, if you retire, that'd be great. I wonder how that works with the cap if he actually just retires and we don't have to pay any of that. With the tight ends, Mercedes Lewis had a couple catches, whatever. Uh, He's a a guy that really wants to come back, I saw. Yeah, a lot of of guys. uh, What did it say exactly? uh, Robert. He said he thought he got into a groove with his role inside LaFour's offense and still loves the game. Yeah. And he said he wants to play next year and hoping it, in Green Bay, and I really hope so too. Yeah, and Rogers. Rogers always brings up his name for talking about guys he wants to have come big back dope. next year. But uh, the bi- the big offensive weapon for this game, at least the thing that I'm going to take away from this game, I think is Jay Sternberger. He only had the two catches, nothing nothing crazy, but that touchdown was big for me. I that, think it's start. It I think it's time that we can start getting excited about him because it it was because he like Jimmy showed a lot in those two playoff games well yes for sure he showed a lot of versatility obviously lining up in fullback mm-hmm. i think that's that 
is not good news for our our guy Danny Vitale. He <laughs> might be he might be uh, looking in on the from chopping the block. Yeah, but you know he he's shown the versatility. He can block, which was not supposed to be part of his game right. coming out of college. He's almost well. I'll get into that. He he had a touchdown, which was great because the play kind of broke down and he kept it alive. Got open in the end zone, and that's the shit that Aaron Rodgers wants and loves to see. Needs big, and he's he's a fast, athletic guy. He only played college ball really for like one year at uh, A and M. At A and M, and it's not the same thing. Texas A and M, but I, I don't want to get the hype up, kind of like how I did with uh, with Rollins back in the day, where he only Mm. had like one actual year playing football, and he showed flashes as a rookie. And he then he did too. and then he fell apart. That was so weird. <laughs> Hell man, Rollins and who was the other one? Yeah, Marius Randall and Rollins looked really good as rookies, and then they both just yeah the next year. Um, and Sternberger, I think he got a lot beefier throughout the year. Did Maybe he I mean he he was uh you know he looks he looks pretty uh, thicky yeah in in that game, and yeah, I remember in the ta- like watching his college highlights, he wasn't really like physically dominating on the field like he he didn't right. really stand out in terms of size so well plus he's a white guy number 87 in a packers jersey he looks like jordy nelson half yeah. the time you know and he, well he's got that like tat sleeve right right yeah, yeah. He's, he's got like a half sleeve going on but hey, that he, helps i mean he didn't play like the first half of the year he was on not he was on the ir and came back yeah, so that maybe that's back when he was concussion. hitting up hitting yeah up the exactly but yeah. Well, and that's probably correlated with his improved blocking ability too. So yeah, some some could say that. Uh, we're gonna swing right into the defense. There was so many really bad, terrible-looking runs where you can't even pin one down. You know mm. what I mean? Like you thinking back to this game, maybe the one that you really go back to is the third and eight, just because the they first, the very first touchdown. To, yeah, because yeah. it was they were loading up for a blitz for a pass mm-hmm. and just absolutely bamboozled everyone yep. wearing a yellow helmet and uh yeah that was a tough look untouched untouched on third and eight from like the 35 Ugh. it was gross yeah Mostert had 29 runs for a total of 220 yards four touchdowns God. it's just, it's gross it's like it's, it's like the type of stats you have when you play madden on rookie mode straight up or like your yeah um what do you call it the be your own <laughs> Oh, be, be, be your own man. What are what <laughs> build a player, make a player, yeah, create God. a player? I haven't played Madden. That was awful. Madden has been terrible for the last. They they just it's keep been the same. I mean, everyone, out the same product, everyone says names. it. Everyone knows. It. Yeah, it's just the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was just really uh, disappointing to watch that game because Mostert's getting the ball. He takes two steps, and you're looking, and it's oh, this is he's going to get at least eight like, yards. He was every not. Play. He was not coming in contact with his defenders for seven yards eight yep. yards and yes. even then he would make he would shrug off arm tackles like nothing yes and it, it was so bad we just said that that they ran it for a third you know a third and eight got the freaking touchdown they get the ball back with around a minute left in the first half after rogers threw that pick yep and they didn't even pass the ball they just ran 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 and got another touchdown that's that's just the kind of shit i mean it even got to the point where samuel the receiver was picking up what 10 15 yards per run too and he had yeah, a couple Yeah that that uh, that sequence kind of is a great microcosm for that entire game where it was a a bad turnover and then even with even with the down distance in time you know minute 20 2 minute 2 minute drill right before the half I don't even think they probably didn't even have all three of their timeouts I don't even remember yeah And yeah did not 
have to pass the ball once. Brutal. Uh, we can get right into that then. Blake Martinez, obviously a pretty bad game. Goodson didn't have a very good game either. I mean, no one really on defense had that great of a game. Jair showed up a couple plays just tackling guys, mm-hmm. but it's it was rough all around. It just showed, you know, and they've that's been the talk since the game is the speed of the defense. The speed in the middle of the field is just not good enough. It's uh, it's kind of a bummer because Blake, you know, we've and we say it all the time. We've been getting on Blake all year, but for what he was, I mean, the dude was a what fifth round draft pick. He shouldn't have had to have played as much as he had. It's it's just more of you know we should give him credit for what he's become because oh, he is a very solid 100%. player. He's just very thankful for him and his services and what he's done. Um, but to hopefully finish your thought, he, he, I just don't think he's the answer no. as like being the number one moving forward. It's, it's kind of like one of the guys we've seen in the past where like Jake Ryan last year, last year too, where I wonder if Blake goes to like a four, three defense where he could actually just be the guy in the middle and literally just have to tackle the dudes right in front of him. Maybe he can be a solid player, mm-hmm. but when he's got to run sideline to sideline, it's well, plus game at, over. You know, thirteen, fourteen mil a year. That's yeah, just it'll I don't... be it'll be interesting to see how much he gets paid because that is a lot and, of money. And if you heard his post game interview, it he sounds like a guy who knows his fate. With yeah, his and, th- and that's why I kind of feel bad for saying how slow and how bad he is because you can tell he takes it seriously, right? And he, he's he does very, read, he does like, read the tweets. He he, reads oh yeah, tweets. and like genuinely loves the organization and Mm -hmm. like the coaching staff and his teammates and yeah it so yeah that's what when like i see shit like that i always like feel guilty for right ripping him to no fucking end along with you know thousands millions of others who say and do the same things and (laughs) millions of people are tweeting about blake martinez well they they probably (laughs) have like these thoughts and he knows it yep and uh, going along with that too, it's kind of soft to say, but rewatching, I rewatched the entire game, which God, super fun. at least God. it was the, the condensed game, so it only took like half Psychotic. an hour. Psychotic. But still, I did notice this, and I wasn't even really looking for it. Blake Martinez uh, on the last play of, that the Packers had on defense, that when the game was actually going on, not, not counting the kneel downs, he he's part of the last tackle, and he you know whistle blows, and he just kind of sits there and looks up, and you can see he's looking at the scoreboard. Doesn't get up, just sits on his knees. Like, he knew that was his final play Damn. as a Green Bay Packer. And then even when they came back on for the kneel downs, Blake Martinez was not on the field. Damn. So that was that little moment, that last moment he had as a Green Bay Packer. Uh, Zadarius and Preston, I don't know, in these types of games where all they do is run, I don't know what you can say. Exactly. Like, I don't think they set the edge very well. Uh, LaFleur kind of got on the defense as a whole the next game. Zadarius showed up in that first series to stop him. You know, on that third and one where he just blew up the run play. But other than that, I don't remember. Yeah, it's like they never – we ne- we never got to see what their best abilities were because they threw the ball eight Yeah, yeah. It was times. <laughs> the, fir- the first couple of series that the Niners had is when it was a game because that's when, like, Fackrell showed up with that big sack yep. on third down after having a terrible play beforehand. Kind of like Savage, Savage had that same thing too where he had a terrible – He got ran over. Ran over, and then the next play, he came in and had the tackle for loss in the backfield. Mm-hmm. But it's, I don't know, a little bit here and there it's for just, the defense. Uh, it's like it's tough. The defense were absolutely put in some tough spots, but yep. man, in that second half, I think they, I think the offense actually cut it to fourteen twice, and both times 
San Fran just marched right down the field. It, it sucked because you because both and, times on the on the ensuing drives. Yep. <sighs> and Matt Matt said it too. We'll get into that later. How we we knew they were going to run the ball going into this game, and we still weren't able to stop them. And even you know that second half where they're getting the ball back, we know they're going to run, and we still couldn't stop them. Yeah, I just don't know. I don't know. I I don't know enough to know what I don't know. Yeah, that, like, no, I, why, I love that. I love that. I, yes. Like, but it's like, why wouldn't you just <laughs> fucking throw the house at yes. stopping the run? Put everything and make Jimmy G beat you. I just, I don't know. Well, Blake Blake was saying, too, how they had, you know, different run blitzes called, and they'd call this, and then they'd run there, and they'd call this, and they'd run there. He's like, no matter what we try to do, we just couldn't stop him. And that's also coming from Blake, one of the guys who was the reason why we couldn't stop him. <laughs> but it's just, it's those, you know, the slower guys in the middle. I I don't think we had a lot up top either. Kenny, Kenny was showing up a bit, but it's like what we don't even know what to say when when they're getting the ball and we're getting manhandled, and you know they're going to pick up at least five yards. Mm-hmm. It's just it's not a good showing. Um, but yeah, at least it got to the point you were talking about the couple times it got to within fourteen points. At least we got to the point where we got pissed off at a penalty call. That call on Redmond with Kittle. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it was like, oh, hey, it was a game for a little bit again. You know, because oh, if that call, call doesn't happen, maybe we get it back. Off. I think it's a weak call. Now, full disclosure, as a dumb fan, <laughs> if the I always I've said this before, and I'll always say this: I always try to view a flag as if the jerseys were flipped, and I probably <laughs> would want it called right. had that were exactly. my my team's tight end, but. Pretty fucking weak. And then to see this shit on Twitter from the angle of Kyle Shanahan yeah. in the ref's ear, like telling him this a yeah. flag is going to happen right here. And then it happening, like, and he's getting like just heaps of praise thrown on him. And I just don't get that. I think that's I know what you mean. I'm I'm back and forth on it because it, it is one of those things. Well, so that he, pissed me off. He know he knows the play. He can look and see. All right, I got George Kittle, the best tight end in the league right now. Matchup against Redman, who's just you know some undrafted guy, fringe, borderline fringe roster guy. Exactly. We know he knows Kittle's going to run it and out. And Redman just got thrown into the, this game after the few injuries. He's probably going to hold Kittle. Sure enough, and I think he did hold him a bit, but. But in the Kittle playoffs, initiates I think you the contact. That. I just he initiates, I don't but like then that. Redmond doesn't let him go. It's it's tough. I was I was pissed off at the time, but overall, I I like to just think it, maybe it wouldn't have changed anything. But I mean, because I mean that was a third down, and I believe yeah. it was two possessions at that point. Yep, it was. So, but God. whatever. At, at least we got to that point where we can complain about them. Yeah. Complain about a call. Uh, the special teams were terrible. <laughs> There's no other way to do it. What Richard, was it? Twenty-one yard punt. God, uh, it was it was something like that. Uh, be it he had the flu or flu-like symptoms, whatever the hell it was. And then Irvin too. And I, the thing I've been bitching about all year, uh, the camera angle again too on that kickoff. Why are you giving us that just gets that so sky cute. cam? And then he fumbles it. And then yeah, that, and up. I think that was the one return, right? Maybe maybe two, yeah, because they were not. Oh yes, they were. Right. They just they kept kicking it. touchbacks, which I thought was surprising. I thought they would at least, um, kind of see and test us a little bit. But yeah, they kept. But then when they finally did, of course it pays off because of that. Yep. 
muffed. Ah, oh, man. Yeah, it, it sucked. Yeah, because just wrapping up special teams for that game, it was a muff punt, it was a shank punt, and we let up a big punt return. Like, just as bad as it could be. For how solid we were the second half of the year, that wasn't. That left a pretty sour taste in the mouth. Yep. But overall, to sum up this game, and this is what I've been saying, I'd much rather laugh and say fuck than cry and say fuck. That's wow, where well th- said. There's a huge difference between that is, but watching the game and see you know losing it and going fuck, then fuck. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a huge, huge difference. And maybe it, that was a bad mindset going into the game because I was kind of saying that beforehand. But my God, it's nothing close to the Giants in 07 and or the Falcons and the or other sorry, NFC championship that yes, we don't talk about. Which we um, do not talk about. Yep. Yeah, that that yeah that aligns pretty well with how I feel about this exit. Um, just in a much more I like I really like the way you put it but yeah it's like if there is a way to go out of the playoffs like that's one of them where it was it was complete domination we were never in the game and uh yeah it was just it was kind of it was like no heartbreak exactly and to keep it more optimistic here we're gonna just try to list off some things um you know uh counterintuitive why this loss was actually a good thing, okay? Mm, okay. So just you know, we're just gonna try to be optimistic. We're a week past the actual game, so I'm gonna start off here. Um, we won't get blown out by the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. That'd be Ooh, more embarrassing, right? Yeah, that's pretty good. You know, yeah, that's pretty uh, good. yeah. Uh, I just <sighs> two two weeks of hype and then having it be a dud would be worse than one but week like of hype two and weeks, it being a dud. That two weeks of hype was so fun, though. <laughs> yeah, like maybe it's a just day. like you just got that little pit in your stomach, <sighs> and it's right. just so. <sighs> yeah, because now I'm just thinking of like B.J. Raji with the cheese head at media day, just sitting at the yeah, the stand and stuff. You, but you, still, like but, all these like cool stories that we know and have yeah. followed are like magnified yep. on on such a huge level that yeah, but. Yep. That's a good point. Like that would, because then it would, like the Mahomes Rogers narrative yeah, would start. And but going along with that too, hey, at least the Super Bowl is going to be a pretty. It's going to be a fun game to watch, right? I mean, the one seed versus the two seed. That should be that should be entertaining. Yeah. Go Chiefs! I'm just I the 49ers bugged the hell out of me, uh, and yeah, go Chiefs! Yeah, um, we have more free time on the weekends now. Ooh, that's. I mean. Technically, only one. Yeah, we were gonna watch the Super Bowl regardless. Yeah. <laughs> so actually, that's just a net neutral. Like right. we actually gain or lose nothing. Yeah, wait, wait, we're trying to be optimistic here. I mean, it is winter in Minnesota right now for us, so there isn't much else to do. But yeah, fuck, I forgot to say that too. That is the worst. The worst. <laughs> the worst part about the Packers season ending is going out to your car the next morning. And scraping the ice oh. off the fucking. Wind. Usually, I'm like, at least I got the Packers, and now I'm scraping. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, what I am got I? Lo- nothing. What am I looking forward to right now? Uh, Kittle didn't. Kittle didn't destroy us. Yeah, that's a positive. Because again, eight, <laughs> eight times they threw it. Eight, eight. <laughs> we get a better draft pick. Eight. Yeah, huh? that huh? is that's that good. is that's huge. That is Vikings talk right there. I go. will not accept that. Here's another positive. We only allowed six completions in this game. <laughs> that's, that's pretty because good. again, eight. <laughs> hey, here's another big thing. Eight. We didn't need a trade for Emmanuel Sanders. He wouldn't have made <laughs> yeah, any difference in the game. Yeah, because he actually he did nothing. So yep. technically, we w- we won the non-trade. Yep. Here we go. Okay, now more fan fan mode here. Fan think the players are going to be more hungry next year mm, because of this. Yeah, that's a that's been. a juicy cliche. Yep. Uh, we exposed all of our needs right before the off season. Yes. Hey, now we know like exactly a, what we need. No, like on a serious note, like yeah, that 
because that like shows the glaring hole on not just inside backer, but just like the middle of the field, like yes. interior D line. Kenny needs uh, a partner in crime, and yeah. and Dean. inside backer needs a complete overhaul. Yep. And last thing, uh, we don't have to worry about the flu bug going around in the Packers locker room. Anymore. Yeah, so. but hopefully they still wash their butts. Hopefully you guys are still washing your butts. Yep. Please wash your butts out there. And with that, we will have a quick commercial break. Hello, American football fans. Are you trying to score more clients? Well, now it is time to kick off a new email campaign. At B2B Data Guy, we pass your message to qualified receivers. We'd love to sit down and talk to you about how we can field your goals. We make sure your emails aren't intercepted by spam filters. Your emails won't get flagged for unnecessary sending. There's no market we can't tackle. We've never punted on a customer. We think we're a pretty fair catch. There's no way we won't insert football pun. With our message to the right audience, it's easy to touch down with qualified leads. Visit b2bdataguide.com today. And I want you all to know that we are fighting the fake news. It's fake, phony, fake. All right, take news for the week. We're going to play a clip here of Matt LaFleur talking right after the loss of the San Francisco 49ers. The other thing that we knew they were going to try to do is run the football, and uh, they they absolutely got after us in the in, in the run game, and it was not good enough. I think I looked up one time and saw that Mosert had 20 carries for 200 yards, and that is not going to get it done, not in this league, especially when you know that they're going to try to run the football coming into this game. Uh, I, you know, again, I got to go back and, and watch the tape in terms of why they were able to just rip through us with their rushing attack. And here's LaFleur talking uh, Monday during the end of the season press conference. Uh, Bill Huber asks him about Mike Patton. Are you sticking with what you got with Patton and company there? Yeah, I mean, we're still working through everything right now. Um, you know, just trying to evaluate everything. Like you said, I think our defense did a lot of great things. Um, obviously, the last game was really disappointing. So, not exactly the most reassuring or optimistic tone from Florida there, talking about the defense in general and Mike Borderline Patton. alarming. Yeah. So, I just want to bring it up. How do you feel having Mike Pettin being our defensive coordinator going forward? I was indifferent with whichever direction they so chose to yep. go. Um, I would have been fine if they let him go because... You know that wasn't Lafleur's guy coming in, yep. and I think, I think it's it would be fair to Lafleur to get his own guy. Yep. But then I also, I also would am am okay with him staying as well. I mean, he'll be entering year three, right? Correct? And you know the the difference from his year one to the 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 last Capers year. I think. I mean. I think like the deep dive metrics and analytics actually don't show that big of a difference between between Dom and Petten. Yeah, yeah. But my, I don't know. The, I think the eye test says a lot about how much different it was, and um, and then yeah, another step in year two because of the investment on that side of the ball. Right. And so I just think now, I mean, we saw it last year with Goot. He saw the huge deficient 
def- deficiencies in the defense, you know, the edge rushers yep. and secondary, plugged both of those holes, and now interior D linemen and linebackers are the efficient or deficiencies. So I think he'll go um, with that same mentality as he did last year. Yeah, and that's that's where I'm kind of going back and forth on it. Where you you know you brought up Dom Capers, but it's one of those things where if Dom Capers had these guys on his defense, we probably would have performed pretty similarly. Be it Petten preaches always QB pressure over everything else, and <laughs> he's said a rushing defense. He hasn't exactly said this, but we've said before you'd rather have the offense walk than than uh, than run to the end zone. Meaning you'd rather have them run the ball than throw it through the air where that's going to be a lot quicker. Sure. Kind of bit us in the in the ass. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed <laughs> that. Oh, yeah, chomped it right off. But the way I look at it, it's it's really, really tough because you look we, – we talked before the game how this game would, you know, start the narrative of this next decade for what the Green Bay Packers would be, where if we lose to the Niners, it's, you know, LaFleur is less than Shanahan. The Niners are going to be the guys we're going to have to beat looking forward mm-hmm. in the next few years minimum. But at the same time – we ran into this before against the Niners, against Colin Kaepernick. And if we could go back in time, we would have moved on from Dom Capers at that point. And I don't want that to happen again, especially when you see these other clips where you see uh, Andrew Hawkins talking on, on Twitter, who used to play with the Browns, and he was saying how when Shanahan and Petten were together with the Browns, Shanahan knew how to beat Petten, like knew how to beat And they, he would yell it. He would say, you know, we, we're going to kick your ass, like mm-hmm. shit like that. Because he lived it. Yeah, we're going to have to play day. these guys again. And you can just look at the AFC right now, too. The Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. They were in the AFC Championship last game. Their defense was, you know, up and down all year, but it was the reason they lost that game. One of the reasons they lost that game, fired their defensive coordinator, now they're playing in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And like you said, too, LaFleur was never tied down to him. I really wish we could have moved on, be it. I really? Don't wow. Oh, I, I really do because that's the thing. The thing with these defensive coordinators like Dom Caper and Mike Pettin is that they kick the shit out of the bad teams, you know, who don't have a veteran quarterback. But you look back at this year, Phillip Rivers, who's a competent mm-hmm. quarterback, veteran guy who knows what he's doing, Wentz. was able to rip us apart. Wentz knew knew what he was doing. And okay. especially with this game, too, you don't want to go a full season where you look solid, and then at the end of the year, it's just snatched from you. Yeah. And that's that's what really, really hurts are those types of, types of losses. And that's what I'd want to avoid. I'd rather just make the move now than wait longer. But we're going to play a couple more clips here where I think – I think LaFleur wanted to move on, and because of the power structure of the Green Bay Packers, it wasn't allowed. So we're going to play a clip here. This is Matt LaFleur, that same Monday press conference, when asked about you know what the next move is after the game. You mentioned you know, working through the, the staff and those conversations. So then, I guess, what what's next after that? Do you go talk to Mark about how the year went and how the staff worked? Is that... At least our understanding is how this, I guess, the flow chart of communication works. Is that kind of next in line for you? Exactly right, yeah. Mark and I will have a conversation here shortly, and, um, you know, then we'll, we'll start making some decisions. So you hear that clip there, and everything we heard from Matt before that, he's very down on the defense, very down on the coaching staff for the guys not being ready and that we knew we were going to run the ball and we still weren't able to stop him. And when asked again, you know, like we said before, he 
didn't say Patton was going to be back, and then he said he's going to have to meet, meet with Mark Murphy and probably Brian Gutenkunst. Very negative, very negative, and then after that, we now know Patton's coming back. Well, here's what uh, Goody said during his season-end press conference. You talked about wanting a defense that could win you a game if it needed to. Yeah. Do you think you've got that? Yeah, I do, and I, I think they, you know, the coach and Mike and his staff did a – incredible job with a bunch of new pieces you know like and that uh that isn't always easy even even though a lot of those pieces were really you know productive players for us i mean that, that kind of takes the whole thing coming together so so be it goody's probably looking at it more of a year year long type deal looking at the defense but man i really think that matt wanted to move on and hire a wade phillips hire someone else but yeah, after thought- talking with goody and mark murphy it it wasn't going to happen. I thought his yeah his answer to like if is Mike sticking around? He's like, oh, we're, we're still evaluating everything. I yeah. thought that was very damning. When yeah. I saw that, I was like, oh, he's gone. Everyone on he's Twitter, out of here. all the reporters too, were saying, man, I don't know if Petten's going to come back anymore. And then a couple hours later, it came out. Mm-hmm. And what I really think it is, and you kind of talked about it too with with Goody, is Goody went out and now with more constant communication between the coaching staff and the front office. I think Goody's like, hey, Matt. I just fucking spent an entire offseason finding the pieces that Mike wanted. I don't want to get rid of them now. I don't want to have to not exactly start from scratch, but right. get a new type of, you know, menu that the next guy is going to want for players right. to check off. Because, yeah, the, yeah, now that reminds me of when, like, getting when he was asked about these all these new free free agent acquisitions he was just beaming yes from ear to ear yeah with a big grin because yeah that's like you said it's the guys he wanted so because that's what it was too because he said on the list for like what he wanted for edge rushers he had zadarius and preston up top and then he got both of them you know and now it's like oh shit okay so it's very much back and forth with mm-hmm. these guys uh but now moving on with tick news this is a little bit more optimistic we're going to play a clip here from aaron Rodgers right after the game against the Niners. You know, I, I love our guys and the, and the pieces that we put together. Um, I think we need to continue to to find those niche guys like the Tyler Irvins that we brought in. Those guys are obviously really important. Jared Veldier, um, Mercedes Lewis. You know, there's a lot of guys I'd love to see back. Brian Balaga. Um, those guys have been really important in our success. But the one thing that is constant in this game, as you all know, is change. And I know there'll be some changes this offseason, but the exciting thing is that I really have a lot of faith and trust in Brian and his staff. And and I think Matt deserves a lot of credit for the way that we performed week in and week out. I mean, he would set the vision every week. Very simple messaging. And, you know, with his leadership and empowering guys the way that he did, and with Brian adding pieces as he did this offseason and will continue to do. You know, this, I said it uh, last week, the window is open for us. And that's the exciting thing. So you heard him there. Rodgers is pretty optimistic. I'm curious, Kyle, how do you feel about this team overall, maybe more so the offense, since we did just talk about the defense, looking forward? His uh, his last few words are really as as simple as as it gets. The window mm-hmm. is open, yeah. and as long as he is under center, I will feel that way. And I have since that first Super Bowl run, every mm-hmm. single 
off season, every single August, I think Super Bowl. Yeah, and this this year too has been weird because he's he's been more up and down this year than in the past. Last year, you know, we had our excuses with Mike McCarthy being you know mm-hmm. stale offense, not having weapons, blah blah blah. This year was up and down, and like I kind of said too, but this game you saw those throws, him just slinging it. Where I'm like, okay, shit, Rogers, Rogers is still Rogers, right. and he talked a lot too how this feeling is a lot better or he feels a lot better than he did back in 2016 against the Falcons. And I tried to find that press conf- conference. It was really weird. The Packers and NFL.com and all the different teams' websites are really weird to try to navigate these old videos where I could find Mike McCarthy's press conference after the Falcons game, but I couldn't find Rodgers, even to the point where I found the tweet that the Packers put out for the press conference to watch the video. Wow. <laughs> you click on You click on it. And it's dead. It's deleted. They deleted that press conference hmm. video. But the quote from that, for that headline is, quote, this one's going to hurt for a while. <laughs> Which, yeah. I mean, this one will too, but there's a lot more optimism going forward. Right. And like you've talked about and many other people have talked about, year two in this offense should be much better than the first year. Well, like they said too, is they want to get more up-tempo yep. with yep. it too. Which I, oh, I have been begging for that as well. Because it always seems like, I mean, Rodgers has done it for his whole career when, you know, it's the last two mm-hmm. minutes of a game and he needs points and it needs to be urgent and yep. no huddle. He always gets it done. That's why I, I just never understand why not just take that same mentality, you know, in in your first drive of the game. What what I've taken away just, and this is just me Listening to I I listen to most of Matt Lafleur's press conferences, most of Aaron Rodgers' post game things he says. To me, it looks like that Matt Lafleur. This offense is pretty complex. Obviously, there's a lot of things to learn. Rodgers knows most of it. Rodgers on the offense, he knows it more than anyone else. The difficulty is all the younger guys who are still one trying to learn how to be in the NFL and two also learn this offense. So you're not able to throw in this up-tempo stuff right. this early. And I think that's what Rodgers was talking about, too. Remember, we were talking about the practice schedule and throwing stuff out. I think they're trying – they dumbed it down a little bit at the end of the year to get it so that we were more in rhythm. Sure. And it showed up at times. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, overall, I feel pretty good. But we have a surprise segment. We're going to have a surprise segment that we haven't had in a while. What? Pro Football Talk Headline. All right, so make a Pro Football Talk Headline. We did this at the beginning of the year and kind of stopped because, one, it got beat you well, know, like beat to death like, on Twitter anyways. We, yeah, it was like, <laughs> I, 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 I truly thought we were like early adapters to we, this. In like but August then like, we were talking about it. But like he leaned into it so much <laughs> to where like everyone caught on, to yep. where it was, it was obvious. It was low-hanging fruit. So I figured we could finish off the season with another... One of those segments with this nice little quote that I'm sure a lot of you guys heard at the end of, uh, towards the end of Aaron Rodgers' press conference, and we'll just play it here for you. This one will always be special because it became fun again. All right, Kyle, I'll let you go first. This is this is a fun one. I've had it, no eh? prep. This is for a this. fun one. Yeah, no no prep. So he said this one's special because it became fun again. So make a pro football. Do you want me to go first? Yeah. All right, here we go. Make I'm, a Pro Football I, Talk headline. So for those at home that do not know, Pro Football Talk is headed by Mike Florio. He's a Vikings fan. He's very biased. He hates the Packers, and he hates Aaron Rodgers. Everything he spins very negatively. So I'm going to spin that very negatively. Here we go. 
Aaron Rodgers values fun over winning in the NFL. <laughs> That's pretty good. Hmm? Yeah. 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 Um, I I I don't know. Oh, it there's so there's so, so it, many there's here. so it's just like something something McCarthy something something. I, yeah, Rodgers, bad teammate, something, something, bad leader. Rodgers admits to not having fun in previous NFL seasons. <laughs> yeah. like, you could just, there's no, so many different to, ways. No, it, need, like, it needs to be directly <laughs> named to McCarthy. Like, yeah. Rodgers thinks there you go. McCarthy is a fascist. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there, yeah. <laughs> Very easily could have seen that. So, uh there you go. That is uh, take news and make a pro football talk headline for the week. All right, moving on. Uh, looking forward to the future, we're going to have a new segment, which we'll probably only have at the end of the year going forward. Keep, cut, and pick up. Ooh. Keep, cut, and pick up. All right, keep, cut, and pick up. We're just going to go through guys on the roster currently, if we would keep them, if we would not. Uh, we'll get these out of the way right away. Uh, <laughs> okay, Kyle, Jimmy Graham. <laughs> cut. Uh, Lane Taylor. Cut. Yeah. So both of those guys uh, would free up quite a bit in cap space. Yeah, what is Lane Taylor's cap hit? Uh, lane t- cutting him would create 4.6 in cap space, oh, yeah. but yeah. 1.4 in dead. Uh, cutting Jimmy will give us 8 million, uh, 3.7 in dead, which is crazy. We're gonna have over 5 million in dead cap, which I would say under Ted Thompson, there's been stretches of over like six years where in total we didn't have that much dead cap. Dead cap <laughs> is always a huge thing that the Packers try to avoid, but overall, with that, uh, that would give us about 42 million in cap space overall. The draft class, on average, or for where we're picking, is going to cost about seven million. So we're going to have thirty-five million dollars in cap space. But sticking along, the Green Bay Packers right now, these are the unrestricted free agents. These are guys whose contracts are up and could sign with any other team once the new year starts. So we're going to run through these for keep or cut. Kyle Brian Balaga, keep. Yeah, I I'm at keep too. It's going to be iffy. Especially looking at how much those guys go for, It'd be and like nine mil probably. I wonder how much Andrew Whitworth is going to affect Brian Balaga gonna, just because he's so freaking old. Yeah, and Balaga is going to want a lot of guaranteed money too. And maybe, I don't blame but, him. but at the same time, on William Tausch this week, he said if he played three to four more years, that would be great. So he's not shooting for a really long time either. So maybe if we can get him on a three-year deal or something, it could happen. But. I mean, the dude's only like thirty years old too, which you just yeah. you just assume because how broken he usually is right. that he's older than that. All right, Blake Martinez. See ya. Yeah, cut. Sorry, Blake. Hopefully, you go to a four-three team. <laughs> Tremont Williams. Uh, depends on the price tag, but keep. It's it's tough. I hope Tremont retires. Honestly, I love Tremont Williams. Tremont Williams has been one of my favorite Green Bay Packers. Hey. What DB a, coach just opened up. I saw that too. I was wondering that. Not like that. There's any connection with Petten and those guys, but Al Harris, you know, just signed on to be I with feel the Cowboys. Like if That'd you cool. are playing at you know this high of a level, it's not like he had you know, a career year and unbelievable year, but yeah. for his age and his wear and tear, like he had a great year. Yes, and it, for I sure. feel like if you are playing at that level at that age, your technique has to just be yeah borderline flawless, and I. And, you know, that doesn't always translate to, like, teaching and coaching, but right. you never know. I, 
the thing is, is I don't think he could step in and do it right away. You look at what the Vikings right. did recently the last couple of years where Terrence Newman came in as an assistant defensive back coach, I think. Maybe that could happen, but yeah, either but then, way. <laughs> didn't they like didn't they get banged up and he they ended up like signing him later that year? <laughs> I don't remember, but that sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> that, that does sound right. But yeah, I I love Tremont, one of my favorite Packers, but yep. especially with Shannon Sullivan and other younger guys, Josh Jackson. God, I love and, Shannon uh, Sullivan. I'm excited. Uh, Kadar Holman as well. Yep. There's enough guys there where it's like, okay, we could save a little money here and get these younger guys playing. Sure. Geronimo Allison. Oh, see you, man. Yeah, I'm not re-signing him either. It's one of those things, too, where it's not that he's terrible. Well, he's not good. Never mind. Keep going. <laughs> Mason Crosby. Keep. I think you have to keep Mason Crosby. Yeah. It would be a huge, huge mistake if you don't. But, but then I think another thing kind of depends on price as well. Cause I don't care. I honestly don't care. I mean, you're, you're comfortable with him being like a top two paid cook- kicker? Either way, I mean, you look when you look at the big numbers when you between like the high end like receivers or tackles, and it's you're getting fifteen, eighteen million dollars. A kicker is, I think, he gets like three million. So I'd rather I'd rather lose an extra million dollars and not have to worry as much when he's lining up for when the kickers line up for a game winning field goal. Mm-hmm. Another thing to think about with him is if he could retire as well. Mercedes Lewis, keep big yeah, keep. I'm I'm keeping him as well. Just all around solid guy. Kyler Fackrell. Mm. I liked his role this year, and I just I don't think you can ever have enough depth. I think there. he's going to cost money. I say cut, especially with Gary. But for, I, again, for how much yeah, like all of these, yeah, I I'm thinking about like price first and foremost. But I don't really know what like the market is for him. Well, you got to think there are dumb teams out there. You're looking that he had ten and a half sacks yeah, in 2018. Yeah, he's and there he's are probably gonna get 32 money. or 31 GMs, and yep. probably over half of them are not qualified for their position. So, so keep yeah. or cut. You'd cut. Or let them I should we're walk, saying cut, but we should let keep them walk. Keep or walk, yeah. yeah. Um yeah, just because yeah, and then I think that could expand Gary's role as well. Yep. Uh Will Redman? Keep. I it depends it depends on the price. I really don't care one way or the other. I'd say yeah. cut just so you can get new blood in. BJ Goodson. Hmm. I liked what he I kind of like what he did this year too. Yeah, it's not a disaster in pass coverage, but he'd be cheap as shit too. Yeah, it would be nice to have like one it would of be the two slow guys back. Right. Yeah, um, I, I would be. I would be fine with keeping him. And I'll just name off all these guys here: Ibrahim Campbell, Danny Vitale, keep, Jared keep, Valdir, keep, Tyler Irvin, keep, Ryan Grant. Keep. Nah, except Ryan Grant. Yeah, I'm. Him. I'm cutting Ryan Grant. I'm keeping Tyler Irvin. Jer- Jared Valdir depends on the price. Yeah, Danny Vitelli. It's tough. I don't. I don't know. He's not the best blocker, but obviously we love him and he's the best player on the Packers. <laughs> but it's and Campbell too. It's we have a lot of these kind of mishmash. Well, man, guys. in <laughs> it's funny. Like in this NFL, you can never have a lot. Like factoring in the way. They just lost in the NFC Championship. Right. It's still true that you can never have enough <laughs> yeah. DBs, yeah. DB depth. So. so moving on, these are the exclusive rights free agents. These guys are basically guys, if we want them to come back, they have to come back, and they can't say anything about it. It's Oh, it's where, well, they, they test the market, right, and they get no, offers? those are different. That's restricted free agents. Okay. These are exclusive rights, so nobody else can talk to these guys. The only guy like that we have is whatever fullback, so who gives a shit. But what if they can't come to terms on a contract? Then what? This is di- this is different. This is a prorated, this is what you will get paid. For oh, sure. You've been okay, in the league. gotcha. These guys, Alan Lazard, Tyler Keep. Lancaster, Shannon Sullivan, Jake Kumaro, Robert Tanyan. Keep all but... Sorry, touchdown, Jesus. 
Yeah, I I don't think I'd bring Kumaro back either. He was all those he, other guys though. He was a great yeah. He was a great story. He's kind of capped out. I think yeah. he is twenty eight like, years like old. We know his ceiling. We know his ceiling. It's it sucks, but I mean he had a great career. Career, for career what he is career play in Oakland that I got to see live, which was awesome. Yep. Um, but yeah, that was I think that was his peak. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so now just looking forward, we have the draft and free agency. What do you want the Green Bay Packers to look? Obviously, we have a holes, couple couple positions. You know, wide receiver. Maybe we need a tight end, depending on what happens with Balaga tackle. You know, interior, uh, defensive lineman, inside linebackers. Where are you kind of at with free agency? First and foremost, first and foremost, number one priority for me going into this offseason is pay Kenny. Yep. And then pay Kenny after that. Yep. And then once you pay Kenny, pay him again. Yes. And then pay him maybe a couple more times after that. Yeah. we You want you want to pay him, bef- I think, before the season. He had a great year, but that price is only going to go up. Yep. Yep. Um, but in terms of draft... I again. Well, we still got to talk about the free agents here. We still. This is. Oh, we'll talk about the draft. Right okay. After this. Uh, yeah, free agents. I don't really know. I I don't think it's a very coveted free agent class. I I'll, so especially not for wide receivers. I'll rip through uh, the offense first. Wide receivers: Amari Cooper, AJ Green, Robbie Anderson, Emmanuel Sanders, Damian Medola, Randall Cobb, tight end: Austin Hooper, Hunter Henry, mm. Eric Ebron, Tyler Eifert, Mercedes Lewis. Charles Clay. Interesting. Uh, let's just talk about the offense there. Any of those names pique your interest? AJ is one of my favorite players in the league. I would love that, but I know the price tag would be pretty. And I, that's just out of, I think, Green Bay's front office character. Pr- price tag's really high. And on top of that, Goody reiterated wrong, again wrong side on, of 30. on Thursday that um, something that I, I don't know if many people caught up on. He said that they did focus on signing guys who don't have an injury history. Hmm. He, he did. He said not exactly that, but he said guys who don't get hurt. Sure. AJ Green has been pretty banged up the last couple yeah. of years. Uh, for receiver, I I like Robbie Anderson. He's the guy yes. that intrigues me the most. He's gonna get paid though. Like he's gonna get fourteen, fifteen a year. Maybe it's it's weird. Some of these guys sneak by. If it's yeah, if it's like twelve, because like I think Diggs is only getting like fourteen and a half, or at least maybe maybe Devonte is. He's not getting paid too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because. Uh, yeah, his first they I think with Devontae's deal they really backloaded it. Where his first few years of his deal, he was only like a twelve mil yeah. cap hit, I think. But then I think next year and the year after, it's like fourteen or fifteen. Right, depending on the on where the teams are in the cap, they usually do that just because the cap number obviously goes up always. Later yeah, on. Um, but outside outside of that, I saw a report. I didn't I didn't really check the source or, but I just saw a, that uh, the Packers and two other teams could be in on Austin Hooper. Thought that was interesting. But All the the reports right now don't mean shit. I'd wait until yeah. until uh they I have didn't read, the uh, read too much or hold or give too much weight to it. But it was just I saw more that. so during draft season and when they have the combine. That's when agents and teams talk, and that's when you get a better understanding of what's going to happen with a tight end. Hunter Henry is the guy. He has he has the injury history. People argue that it's broken bones, so it's not something that'll really linger. It's not the soft tissue stuff. Mm-hmm. But man, if we could get one of those guys and pair him up with Stone with I almost said Stoneberger, <laughs> Sternberger, I really think Sternberger is going to be a player. He's the guy I'm looking forward God, to. Sternberger is going to be so such a fun name to say for years and years I know. to come. I, it's very Wisconsin <laughs> burger. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and Tyler Eifert too. One of those nah, guys would intrigue me. I mean, you want to talk about injury history? He he is soft tissue injury. Yeah. <laughs> uh, looking at defense though, inside linebacker Corey Littleton. He's the Rams. 
Mm. Inside linebacker, they can't really afford him. There's that Joe Schobert. Uh, can they afford anybody? That's my guy. Right. I was going to say, I know you. Oh, I'm, I'm sure that's everybody's guy who's listening. He's a yep. Badger legend. Yep. And then there's uh, Nick Cole. Oh, boy. I should yeah, say this from the Bears. Polish. I mentioned him. Koyaski? Yeah. That sounds almost Japanese. It's Polish. Um, yep. Yeah. I, him or Schobert, I would be dancing. Schobert, yeah. I would lose my in mind i would love that yeah oh there's my a couple God. defensive linemen too chris jones dj reader javon Hart. i i don't really know chris anything jones about is those gonna guys. get paid but i i'm wondering how to navigate because i think the biggest holes we have are inside linebacker and wide receiver and i feel like we need and then interior d-line and interior d-line so, third. so maybe let's just bring up uh the draft what we have the main way to look at it is the first second and third picks those are the ones that if anyone's going to contribute right away it would be those guys how do you what do you think we should do with our draft picks? Uh, wide receiver. I would love wide receiver yep. round one. Um, inside backer round two. But, like, I, I never want to be married to a position for a pick. Right. I just, whoever their best player is on the board. Yep. And it's like, it fuck, should, man, if that ends up being, like, a fucking safety, like, that would yeah. suck, but, like... But they don't do that. That's the thing. It's one of the... You can say we, we take the best player available, and no matter who you take, then you're like, oh, well, we think he's the best player available. So it's a double... It's like, you're saying that, and also that player gets that kind of confidence, and then the reporters are like, oh, wow, they just really like yeah. this guy. Yeah. And that, it's like, you can't be... You can't really be, like, dismissive or, like frustrated with that philosophy because right. fucking look look who our fucking quarterback is mm -hmm. like you just point to that and that should really kind of temper your frustration yes it's f for me looking at this offseason it's tough because it's like we've said it's such a receiver deep class it's one of the best receiver like classes historic. ever and we're at the back end of the first i i hope that that's where we take a receiver but at the same time it kind of sucks because receivers usually take a little longer to develop in the league, and right now we'd like someone who could hop in right away. Mm -hmm. So I go back man, and forth you at look that. At, you look at, like, Metcalf this year, A.J. Yeah, Brown, uh, McLaurin. Mm -hmm. McLaurin. There was a, it was a good receiver class this year, too, and people didn't really think it. Yeah, like you said, A.J. Brown was huge for the Titans as well. It's it's tough, and that's why, if you know, season just ended off the top of the dome. My Like you said, I want to re-sign Kenny Clark. I want to bring back Brian Balaga, mm -hmm. Mason Crosby. Those are the big guys that I'm really worried about. After that, you don't have a lot to work with there. I'd want to, I'd want to take inside linebacker, free agency, sign mm. one of those guys, and fill that need there. Hopefully, it's not too expensive. Even though usually that's a, you know, a cheaper position than others on the defense. They're paid probably similar to weird. like left tackles. But, but no, well, left tackles get paid a lot. But it was last year with Alexander. That's that's what changed the the landscape of what what inside linebackers are getting paid. Cause he oh, got, Quan, yeah, yeah, because he got paid fast. Well, and then yeah, Sha Shaq Thompson for the Panthers got extended for like fourteen. Exactly. Per. So it's it's getting tougher. I'd want free agency cover it that way, and then through the draft, I'd get a receiver, get a defensive lineman. That's overall just the way I'm. Ah, dude, I am gonna suck myself in on Robbie Anderson. I can feel it. I hope it would be fun. Hey, it would be. Fun. Hey, I would, love, be fun. The, I would thing, love it. I'm thing. already talking myself into it right now. Like I know. In as I'm formulating this sentence, I'm getting sold on Robbie Anderson because there were rumors that we were going to trade for him mm -hmm. to the last couple years, actually. But at the same time, he's kind of a shithead. He's one of those. <laughs> yeah. He's been arrested for sure once. I think maybe twice. So he's oh got yeah, the I think he said concerns. he was gonna. 
uh, cuckold a, a police officer to oh, the that's police right. officer's face. <laughs> that is what it was. I was going back and forth because it was around the same time, I believe, where Robbie Anderson got arrested and Trevor Davis got arrested at the airport for... God, that Trevor Davis. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. Overall, it should be a pretty fun offseason. It's nice that pay one... Kenny. Yeah, pay, pay Kenny, and we've still got some some move, some money to make some moves, so it'll be very fun, very interesting. But with that, that ends... Keep... Keep or walk. Keep keep or walk. Keep walk or walk. Or keep. Walk, walk, keep. Yep. So that's it. Do you wanna do you wanna predict the Super Bowl even? No. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I go back and forth for who I really want to win. A- Andy Rita would be nice. He's won a Super Bowl as an assistant with the Green Bay Packers, but he hasn't he done needs it by himself. One as a head coach. I would love that. Yeah, and but you don't wanna you don't wanna root root for your uh for your conference, you're not NFC. No, hell no. Yeah, I, uh-huh. I don't. The the Niners. It's that's like that's like yeah. If the Vikings are in the Super Bowl, oh. it's like oh, you don't want to root for your division. <laughs> Fuck no. Yeah, it, I'm kind of I I don't mind the Niners right now. If they win, you know, I wouldn't really care. That'd be fine with me. It's, I just uh, I'm, it, they're so they new me. at being the the team in the NFC where you don't hate them yet. Well, not really because the they, the, were, they won the, five games last the year. The Kaepernick stretch. I still have but that fresh was, memories yeah, of that. I and guess. I, 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 that I don't know if you know this. Me. Kaepernick doesn't actually play in the league anymore. You didn't hear that? <laughs> Do you want to talk about that right now? Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a whole other hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Super, super cool discussion that we would bring a lot of insight in. Yeah, I don't know. It's almost like when the Cowboys, when they got Zeke and Dak as rookies, and I was like, well, I don't really hate these guys. Now I hate yeah. them. Now, now I know <laughs> who they are. I, I do not like well, I Well, I already disliked Zeke because of Ohio State, so that oh, didn't help. But that's true. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he gets a new nose ring every time he holds out. And that belly shirt he always does. He does look like an Ewok too. Have you seen <laughs> that? Yeah. So what? Do you have any off-season plans? What are what are your off-season plans now? Um, just wallow in in despair. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's about it. Yeah, yeah. I guess we've never really said it before on the podcast. Uh, we're not going to have a podcast for a few weeks at least, probably at least a month. Uh, we'll probably have one before the draft, after the draft, one for training camp, and then we'll get into it. So. This is it. We shall see. It'll be sporadic, but with that, I'm going to, you know, start start the outro. It's uh, it's been a fun year. Well, what I would be, I don't, I would be remiss. Like I just feel very somber. It's this is a tough day in sports. Like we are recording hours removed from the news about Kobe Bryant. Yeah, and that really is hitting me a lot harder than I would have anticipated i was surprised that you were still going to record after i saw the news yeah i was like i was almost going to say like i'm just not in the headspace because mm-hmm. like well yeah when you first showed up i was like hey you're like not today no not in the mood <laughs> yeah. and i was just yeah like it's a bummer he, he is such a transcendent figure not just for like you can't tell the history of the National Basketball Association with a lot without a lot of Kobe Bryant popping up. Mm-hmm. And not only that, like you can't really tell the history of sports without him. And he transcended sports as a as a figure and as a as a person, as a brand, as a competitor. Like he's a Mumba. Yeah. Well, and the- like my cause my favorite athlete of all time is Dwayne Wade tied with well, you could probably guess. LeBron? Kobe? Rogers. Oh, Oh, sorry. I was still thinking basketball. And so, <laughs> like, with that, I, like, I always was 
kind of anti Kobe, like yeah, because you that, know five rings been, and yeah. like you know with those insufferable sports debates, like you always, like it's always just it, you're arguing about just dumb stuff. But like when shit like this happens, it just like it just felt like the whole world froze and like it really just like it was a gut punch. Kobe's an interesting figure too. He's almost like a Rod. When he was playing, you either loved him or hated him. Such you know, a, a lot, polarizing. A lot player. of people didn't really like him, but then the last few years, you know, you see the clips, and now it's sad because you've seen it a million times. But him like talking to his daughter on it's the sideline. Like, he's, he's great on Kimmel. He's been great off the field. He's done all the movie stuff, and it's it's a bummer. But yeah, like you you go on the internet and you you I haven't even seen really any basketball hi- highlights from him. It's all been like him it's, talking it's so with people, and yeah, it's just it's really it was tough to stomach, and I just felt like this is. This is more like it's cliche, but it's like it's more than sports. And he he was just a very large figure in a lot of people's lives. It's weird how sports t- work out sometimes to her. LeBron just passed him last night for, you know, literally most, last it, night. It's really weird how that shit happens. And he and shouted him out on Twitter. Yeah, and like, man, you know, and that, I mean, I don't know. Strange. The reason they were in the helicopter is they were him and his daughter, man. His fucking daughter were traveling to a basketball game for her yeah with with another parent and another player as well which is really really crushing man but sorry i just i I needed to bring that up because that's like that is i got this is such a massive sports story that like it's 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 all of twitter right now you can't you can't get away from like i said like it just feels like the world is is just like stopped stopped for a little bit but anyways go ahead with your outro back (laughs) sorry for that back to the green bay packers and our stupid packers podcast (laughs) outro it's very very tough to get back into that mindset i didn't know like if i (laughs) yeah no i knew i was gonna say something but i didn't know if i should do before or after i'm glad i did before because now we can hopefully go out on a high note yeah well it was a fun year i had a lot of fun yeah, it was a fun year. It's been it's been a lot of fun for two guys who have no type of following on social media to have consistent growth week in and week out. Hell yeah. It's been really cool to see literally around the world people have listened to this stupid fucking podcast from okay. Europe and Japan. We have someone from Japan who listens every week, which I'm like, holy Heck shit. Yeah. yeah, just about every single state now is listened to us, so that's very cool. So how many edu- how many states who are we missing from the states? We're missing like five states, and mostly East Coast it's and like Hawaii. Delaware. Hawaii is a big one. Oh damn! Hawaii is a tough one. Yeah. Oh, maybe I'll hit up Marcus Mariota. Ooh, Ooh, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Maybe, yeah, he'd come on and talk. He's about a free practice. agent. Oh, that's right. But yeah, uh, Matt Lafleur. So going back out. Uh, thanks again for everyone who listened week in and week out. It's it takes a lot to listen to a full hour of two guys just talking about the who, Green Bay yeah, Packers. Like we have. Like we have no credentials or yeah. qualifications. I feel like <laughs> we're I mean, entertaining enough. Yeah, and I feel like I'm comfortable with my brain and what I know and what I don't know. And yeah, yeah, we're very, we're very upfront with what we lack, at least. Yes. Uh, thank you to Andrew for B two B data guy. He is a real person. Thank you for being our official and real sponsor. Yes. Uh, I don't think any leads have popped up through people listening, but hey, maybe in the future. Once again, thank you to Lydia Noble for making our logo. Heck yes. Honestly, since she came out with the logo, I was like, shit, well, we have to make a good podcast because this logo is too fucking good. <laughs> you know, like, it looks really, really legit. Yeah, like, really it's, well it's done. It's been awesome. Uh, so you can go to LydiaNoble.com, too, if you want to see more of her work or you can contact her to commission, commission a piece yourself. Uh, also, I'd like to thank you, Kyle. I know it's not easy to show up every week. When we started, it's like, oh, yeah, it'll just be once a week. It'll be easy but fuck you put it all together it kind of yeah it like like, sneaks up on you 20 episodes and it's it 
takes time to write this shit down to show up every weekend. Well, I owe you a thank you because, yeah, you, he, I mean, if you can't tell, he is like the honcho of this operation. He coordinated everything. He plans everything. And I just kind of show up on Tuesdays and, and he clicks record. Well, I mean, first we got to test the mics <laughs> yeah. for 20 minutes. Hello. Hello. This is how yeah. I talk. Kyle love, loves the testing of the mics. Every time he's like, you don't have the mics ready. Yet. <laughs> no, it's like, well, I got to know. Our voices are different. But yeah, honestly, yeah, he ran the show and uh, it was it was really well done. And, and uh, yeah. So thank you, Spence. Thank you. No, thank you again. Because honestly, no, it's, I've, I've, thank you. I've been wanting I've been wanting to do this for a couple of years. So it's been nice to actually have someone who would show up week in and week out because if you didn't do it then we wouldn't do it at all hell yeah so thanks again likewise um oh one last thing if you haven't yet one last time for the year if you could leave a five-star rating that would be great you could leave a review take a screenshot send it to us at pmppod at gmail.com or dm it to us on twitter at pmppod and then we will send you a pmppod koozie for free but yeah that's it uh, I don't know what else there is to say. I've been saving this song, this artist, John Prine. It's the perfect encapsulation of how we're feeling right now. So with that, John Prine, please don't sue us. Go Pack Go. My heart's in the ice house. Come hill or come down. Like a long ago Sunday when I walked through the alley on a cool winter's morning to a church house just to shovel some snow. I heard sirens on the train track, how naked getting neutered. An altar boy has been hit by a local commuter just from walking with his back turned to the train that was coming so slow. You can gaze out the window, get mad and get mad, throw your hands in the air, say, What does it matter? But it don't do no good to get angry. So help me, I know For a heart stained in anger Grows a weak and grows bitter You'll become your own prisoner As you watch yourself sit there Wrapped up in a trap Of your very own chain of sorrow
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.